I don't know about you, but I always check out reviews. When we're traveling, I check out hotels and restaurants and all the hotspots so we don't waste our time and money. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you take a few minutes to rate and review little things? Reviews drive traffic to the podcast, and we just want as many people as possible to know Jesus. And if an episode speaks to you, would you share it with someone who it may encourage? Thank you for your support. Today's episode is called Recover Like Elijah. Hey guys, it's Amber, wife, mother, warrior, type A child of God. Here at Little Things, we examine everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for joining me. Maybe you've had some pretty crazy life circumstances lately. Sometimes they're good things. Like for instance, over the summer, we had a graduation open house for my son. And so things got really crazy for about five weeks prior to that, as I tried really hard to do a whole bunch of landscaping projects and clean my house and get everything just so. But sometimes the chaos is caused by things that we wish we wouldn't have to deal with, like a tragedy or an accident or an unexpected death or something that really caught us off guard. And whether it is just something very normal, like sending away a child to college and doing all that prep and work, but also being emotionally invested, or having a new baby, or if it's something that, um, you know, just really takes us off guard, a lot of times we are kind of reeling and spent. We go through these times and whether we're going through them or we're just coming out of the other side, a lot of times we're just weak and weary and it's good to go to the Bible to figure out how to recover from those things that we've been going through. So we're going to look at Elijah and just to recap sort of what was going on in Israel at the time, There had been three years of drought that was pronounced by Elijah. So Ahab and Jezebel had brought Baal worship to the northern kingdom of Israel. And Baal was a fertility god, but he was also the lord of rain and dew. Britannica explains that those were the two forms of moisture that were indispensable for fertile soil in Canaan. So this god who was supposed to supply rain and dew, you know, if it wasn't raining and if there was no dew, he really wasn't doing his job. And so Elijah had prayed that it wouldn't rain. And the the hope and the goal of this prayer was that the people would turn back to God, the true God, and ask for rain. Now, I'm not sure how many people actually did that. Didn't do much to change Ahab and Jezebel's beliefs. So after three years, Elijah showed up and presented himself to Ahab and said, you know, we're going to have a standoff. So bring your prophets, the prophets of Baal, and also the prophets of Asherah to Mount Carmel, and we're going to both call on our gods. And whoever rains fire down from heaven and burns the sacrifice is truly the real God. So of course, 
the prophets of Baal and Asherah prepared their sacrifice and they danced and they cried out and they cut themselves and nothing happened. And then Elijah repaired the altar of God. He cut his bull up, he placed it on the altar, and he poured water over it three times. He called on God and fire came down from heaven. Well, when this occurred, he had the people kill Jezebel's false prophets. And because of this, Jezebel said, you know, tomorrow you're going to be dead. You're going to be like one of my prophets. You can count on it. So here was Elijah, afraid, running for his life. He left his servant. He went alone and sat down under a broom tree. And there he prayed to die. And this is what we're told in 1 Kings 19. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Food, water, and a nap. Those are pretty much your go-tos when you are trying to recover or even if you're trying to get through a super stressful and chaotic time. And even if you're just overwhelmed by life, exhausted by the news that you're hearing or at the end of your rope or anytime you're experiencing hardship, these are great places to start. This is why we bring food to people when there's been a death in the family. But you know, anytime there's a major stress, it's a really good idea to drop food off at someone's house. I remember during the first months of the COVID shutdown, my husband started working with COVID patients and we would hear a knock on the door and there would be a box of food, just like groceries. Now remember, this was during the time that it was super stressful to even go to the grocery store because, you know, we were wearing masks. We didn't know what was going on. Everything was shut down. And so to have a box of food appear on our doorsteps during this super stressful time when it wasn't always easy to get to the grocery store. And then on top of it, when my husband was working with COVID patients and we had no idea what to expect, it was just this unexpected blessing every single time. It was just a thank you, Lord moment. Anytime there is a major transition, a child going to college, a marriage in the family, when there's a birth, I am convinced that this is my absolutely favorite afterbirth gift to give to anyone because a meal means that you don't have to worry about what your family is going to eat. And so I love bringing meals to people who have had babies. But even other devastating things like someone in the family is arrested or there's a loss of a job or any tragedy really, a meal is a really great idea. And listen, it can be as simple as sending a text and saying, hey, I'm going to drop this off on your doorsteps. You don't have to talk to me. You have nothing to explain. I just want you to know that I love you and I'm here for you. 
just such a great way to provide in a very tangible, physical way that everybody needs. Everybody needs to eat, right? And if you don't know what the person likes, you know, a DoorDash gift card or something like that, that's just so thoughtful. So food is huge. And a lot of times we're reeling so much, especially I know the different times that I've been at the hospital, you know, with my parents or with other family members during surgeries or treatments or accidents, you know, you don't really want to step away to eat and you forget to eat or you forget that you have a family at home that still needs to eat. So when somebody drops a meal off while you're gone, it's just a huge hug that just says, hey, we're here to help. So food is one thing. Taking a nap is another thing. And you know, that can just change your whole outlook. When you are overwhelmed, when you are just at the end of your rope, when you just are exhausted mentally, physically, spiritually, taking a nap is a huge, huge thing. And I think sometimes we push ourselves to keep going and going and going. We forget that our bodies need rest. That's why a lot of times when you ask a mom what she wants on Mother's Day or her birthday, she'll say, I just want a nap. (laughs) Like, I just want two hours to myself to just sleep and get rested again. Um, It doesn't need to be huge, really. It just needs to be a little bit of time. But I also want to make sure that we understand there's spiritual rest. Jesus said, come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And I think that is such an important thing. And sometimes we don't quite understand what Jesus is talking about when he says, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn from me and what does that mean exactly? And so I just want to read you a little paragraph from the People's Bible because I think it did a beautiful job of explaining what this means. It says, the yoke Jesus asks us to take upon ourselves might be defined as the whole Christian life and hope. Once we have assumed that yoke, God's commandments are no longer a heavy burden that weighs us down and destroys us. Instead, they are expressions of God's will in which we delight For we look for ways to express our thanks to God for the blessings of his grace. Crosses we are called upon to bear on account of our loyalty to our Savior are faith-strengthening experiences, for they help us understand what Christ endured for us. And we have our Lord's promise that he will give us the strength to endure them and that he will make them channels for all kinds of blessings. The more faithfully we follow Christ, the easier his yoke and the lighter his burden becomes. You know, I have found that sometimes, well, pretty much all the time, that if I have neglected to read the Bible, so if I've just neglected the word, I might get away with it for a day or two, you know, if I tell myself I'm too busy and I really don't have time for this and I just have to keep on getting done what I need to get done. I can get away with it for a day or two, but after that, I noticed, I always notice a change in myself. I'm usually becoming short with my family members. I'm not as joyful. I'm more stressed out. I just haven't taken the time 
to really spend with my Savior. And you know, 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us to cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Daniel, as busy as Daniel was, the the great man in the Old Testament, he was, you know, working for King Nebuchadnezzar. He was in the palace working. He was a chief administrator. He found time three times a day for prayer. That's a way to mentally cast your anxieties on God instead of carrying them yourself. So if we're not taking time to daily go to God in his word, to hear his promises, hear how much he loves us, hear how he's working for our good, to remember all that God would offer us, then we are just cheating ourselves. We are not getting that rest for our souls that we need. And when it when we're talking about daily reading of the word, it doesn't have to be, you know, reading for a half an hour. If you just sit down and read a psalm, if you take a couple verses of the Proverbs, if you read an account out of one of the Gospels, it really doesn't take long, but it's going to strengthen you. It's going to give you the spiritual food that you need. And let's face it, we don't go very long without eating physical food, right? I mean, maybe you'll skip a meal here and there. Maybe you'll skip a snack. Maybe you'll forget to eat because you're so busy doing something. But eventually we're going to say, hey, I'm kind of hungry. We need that spiritual food to keep us going, to carry us through these hard and stressful times. So we really need to not neglect that. And I can't say enough about getting into a small group study, whether it's a women's Bible study or an in-home study or some small group study that's happening at church. It is so important to make that a huge part of your life, to make it a priority. And this is why. Because when you're in these small group studies, you get to know other Christians. And these become your support group. Our small group study has been meeting for um, well over 15 years. I don't even know how long we've been meeting now. But the bottom line is we get together once a month. We study the Bible. And as we're studying the Bible, we're also sharing our lives, right? We've had parents die. One family has had a child die. We have had several incidents of our children being in very difficult situations or stages. And when we share that, when we openly share this with a small group of Christians, the the, um, encouragement keeps going long after the Bible study is over. So it, it happens as people are praying for you, and they're texting you encouragement, and they're asking if anything has changed or how they can pray now. And it is, it is just a lifeline. If you have not made a small group study part of your life, I cannot encourage you enough to do it. And if there isn't one offered at your church, create your own. <laughs> Ask two or three friends to get together and to study a book of the Bible or Find a Bible study book, and it will absolutely 100% recharge you. Our group, every time we get together, every single time without fail, when we're walking away, when we're giving each other hugs and saying goodbye, we always say, this has been the fuel that I'm going to need to get through the next month. It's just so important. So I cannot tell you enough um, how important that is to get that spiritual food. And then, of course, Elijah drank water. There was a jar of water next to him. And the older I get, the more I realize that being dehydrated 
really gets me. There were multiple times when I was working outside in the days um, leading up to my son's graduation that I I got heat stroke. I just wasn't drinking enough. I wasn't taking long enough rests outside of the warm summer air. And there were a couple of days that I woke up and I was dizzy and I was nauseated and I was completely dehydrated. And I ended up losing a lot of time that I could have been working because I just didn't recharge my body with the water that it needed. And so that is so important. Jesus said to the Samaritan woman um, in John chapter 4, Jesus asked for a drink of water, and the Samaritan woman said, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman asked, You have nothing to draw from, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself? as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That sounds like something that I need. (laughs) I definitely need not just the water that's going to keep me hydrated and therefore moving, I need that strength that only comes from God. So there's two things about this. We're going to get back to the strength in just a minute. But the other thing is that the woman was depending on the water from the world. And Jesus said, you know, you can't depend on that water because you're going to keep getting thirsty. And I've been studying in the Proverbs lately and all throughout the book of Proverbs, it mentions that the world. And all it offers is going to pass away. So if we're putting our hope in all the things of the world, we are going to be sorely disappointed. So just three examples from Proverbs 11. And there are at least two others in Proverbs 11 that I could have used. But Proverbs 11.4 says, Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath. Proverbs 11.7, When a wicked man dies, his hope perishes. All he expected from his power comes to nothing. Proverbs 11.18 says, The wicked man earns deceptive wages, but he who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. So if we're, if we're counting on you know, the security that we've found in this world, whether it's wealth or power or the things that we've stored up, we are going to be sorely disappointed because those things will not save us when we're standing before God the day of our death or when judgment day comes, whichever happens first. Our only hope at the end of this life is faith in Jesus, that he did what we couldn't. He earned the salvation that we couldn't. And so to drink water every day is so important to keep our bodies going, but we really need that water that Jesus gives, the water that is going to bring us far more than just hydration right here. It's going to bring us to eternal life. It's going to be that spring welling up to eternal life. And then the second thing about that is just the idea of the strength that we're going to get from God. Don't forget as you're going through these hard times to pray for strength every hour, every minute if you need to, because God will supply it. 
Let's go back to Elijah on Mount Carmel. Elijah prayed for rain. And in fact, he told Ahab, the king, to go home before the rain would start. And so Ahab got in his chariot and he started down the mountain. And we're told as the rain came, the power of the Lord came upon Elijah and he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Elijah ran ahead of Ahab's chariot. How? Because he had the power of the Lord. God will be our strength. Don't forget to ask him for it. Day by day, as you feel yourself getting weary, as you have to keep pushing on, you can't always get a nap if you're at the hospital. There are times that it's, you know, you are just there and it's you know, hour by hour and minute by minute and sometimes you close your eyes and you can't even sleep. God will be the rest that you need. In fact, there's a quote, it's just beautiful, that says, sleep doesn't help if it's your soul that's tired. When we go to God, we're going to be getting the strength that He provides. He's going to be giving us the rest. Like He said, come to me, I will give you rest. There are times that you get up from a nap and you feel just as tired as when you lay down. But God will give you rest and He will be your strength. So as you recover and even as you get through these trying times, eat, get your water, sleep, and find rest and strength in the Lord. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Hey, guess what? Those teaching videos you've come to love from Time of Grace are available in podcast form. If you're gone a week or you want to hear the lessons all at once, or if you just want to concentrate on the teaching, check out Grace Talk's daily devotionals anywhere you listen to podcasts. You ever feel you want to be part of something bigger? When you pray for and support us at Time of Grace, you are bringing the good news about Jesus to people you and I will likely never meet personally. I hope you know how much we appreciate your effort. Help us bring this podcast to even more people by rating it and reviewing it and sharing it with others. Thank you and God bless.